Hello, thank you for checking out this little extra special preview of my third book, Yemum and Other Stories from the Backstreets of Britain. Uh, it's a little thank you for you loyal listeners of Arrests on the Mix podcast. I'll keep this brief. It's an introduction from the book and four short stories. The book is a collection of 21 illustrated short stories based on street finds from around Britain. Everything from the mattress to the iconic cigarette butt, beer can, um, dog shit bag hanging from a tree and all that horrible but inescapable and characterising stuff. I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do, go and check out bentallenwriter.com and you will find the book in the shop out today and you can grab your copy of limited paperback run alongside an audiobook and ebook from all good retailers of those formats. So cheers guys, enjoy. Your mum, written by Ben Tallon. Edited by David Woods Hale. Forward by Donna Marie Vickers, Salford. Introduction. It's difficult to explain why I'm fascinated by dirty things that repulse many other people. An upside down shopping trolley on the corner of a football field. A beer can in a milk crate. Order in a moment of total abandon. A single shoe on the side of the road. Sunday churchgoers passing it without a second glance. There you'll find me. Hovering nearby, waiting for the parishioners to clear off so I can investigate and document. Self-consciousness was something I did away with years ago because I get a lot of pleasure from society's less chronicled details and do not wish to water down my enjoyment. The roots of this behaviour can only be found buried deep in the pitch black pit of my subconscious, a place on which it's better not to shed light. Instead of trying to understand the psychological reasons for my fascination, I find it less unnerving to experience these subculture treasures through feeling, memory humour and curiosity. So through words and pictures I chose to create a curiosity cabinet filled with scabs from Britain's cultural underbelly. Although I claim that the subjects of the illustrations in this book are exclusive to Britain, only that they've come to characterise this screwed up little island of ours particularly well. Anyone who's spent any length of time here will, to their pleasure or dismay, recognise each of them. The accompanying stories are both fiction and fact, attempts to paint a more visceral picture than the items within offer upon first sight. If you're holding this book, my hope is that you'll share some my appreciation of this filth and maybe some stories of your own. If you believe there's nothing funny about a used condom hanging on the end of a stick, then I suggest you put it back on the shelf and walk away. A single shoe in the street. I was upside down in a hedge outside Aldi supermarket. The gentle patter of the rain on the leaves around me was just about audible, given that even the taxi drivers had called it a night. Here, right in amongst the beer cans, the chocolate wrappers and the rats, the soil reeked of sin. I couldn't move, so I laughed, having managed to muster just enough presence of mind in my drunken state to know that this would one day be a story worth recounting. I listened. For a minute, just the drizzle. Then the clang and squelch of Will's shoes as he tried to scale the treacherously slippery railing and follow me in. His girlfriend was on the verge of tears, screaming that it would be over if he jumped again. Alex is somewhere in the road, shouting about how he kept missing his mouth, wasting the strips of cheap takeaway meat. I fell asleep. Only for a minute, but long enough to wake up cold and confused. The raindrops now a little nastier, each one hissing at me to get home and go to bed. I couldn't hear the others. Like a dog in for its jabs, I writhed and thrashed. Got it in my head that someone was trying to pull off my shoe. Fucking get off of me! I slurred. My shout reverberated around an empty can of Stella near my shoulder, under the hedge, but there was no one to hear it outside of this seedy Eden. 
The others had set off home, forgetting I was in there. My shoe was caught on a route and came off as I tried to pull my foot away from this phantom assailant. I dared not feel around for it in the soil for fear of disturbing a used needle or condom, or the rats. Suddenly, my once Olympic standard bush jump didn't feel worthy of the rapture which had been met with in me ten minutes previous. Eventually I made it to my feet and hopped home, just over a mile. I could hear myself out of breath the whole way as the sun came up. The next morning I went back for the shoe. Aldi was right across the street from Blockbuster Video where I worked, so it wasn't much of a detour. I knew exactly where it would be, and he was still there, dry as a 90s rock star. Sheltered by the hedge, there was a curved dent where I'd been. When I came up with a relieved smile on my face, my parents just happened to be walking by on their way to the train station. I held up the shoe as if it would explain my strange behaviour. They took me aside for a quiet word when I dragged myself in from work that evening, still picking splinters from my skin. But an age-old urban riddle was solved for me. Until this moment, I'd never been able to fathom how a single shoe I'd occasionally seen in the street came to be there. The mystery was over. Any tips? The apartment door creaks open, and a small, middle-aged Chinese man with warm eyes and deep laughter lines lets in the electrician. He seems glad of the company. The electrician is here to carry out a mandatory electrical insulation condition report, EICR, on behalf of the Housing Association. The dusty, tattered doormat crumbles as the soles of the electrician's work boots drag across it. Slowly, he follows the tenant down a dark hall, where there are several scuff marks and off-white paint with no frames. Estate agents might describe the apartment as bijou, but the bedsit is tiny, not even a shoebox, more of a raising carton, almost empty, save for a wireless internet router, a single chair upon which, which rests a beat-up laptop computer. Mildly uncomfortable with the scene he does not yet understand, suspecting perhaps a hacker who has to be keep moving. The sparky sets about familiarising himself with the wiring setup. The man's extremely close presence distracts him. The only items in the tiny kitchen which is a part of an open-plan design, are a saucepan, a grubby kettle, a cup, fork, dirty teaspoon balanced on a pile of stiff, dry tea bags. The man continues to smile, watching the electrician's every move, who manages to compose himself enough to start the earth fault loop impendence test. Perhaps he just moved in, thought that the association paperwork suggests otherwise. What do you do then, mate? He asks the tenant, turning off several circuit breakers, hoping to calm his own nerves with small talk. Professional gambler, the man says, the smile seemingly engraved on his shiny trophy face, bowing slightly at the hip, hands clasped as if welcoming a prestigious guest into a fine establishment. And just like that, everything, the selection of single basic items, the heartbreaking lack of anything less than absolutely essential in the home, makes sense. Decent. Any tips? dropped down dead. Parents have a specialist sledgehammer subtlety in their locker and they use it to ambush the unsuspecting in conversation. During the twice weekly phone call home, my dad asks about work, complains about modern football, shares a joke. So far, so good. It's then, right when I'm appreciating the gag, thankful of mobile phones and my on-demand ability to check in with loved ones cross-country, that he pulls out his blunt object and drags it across the base of my skull. Oh, you remember Steve, the cleaner from the rugby club? I do, vaguely. 
It's been over two decades, but his baggy overalls and tight grey perms skirt around my peripheral vision. I wonder what he's been up to, how old he is now. His character reinstalled in my conscious mind. Dropped down dead over there. Never smoked. Rarely drank. Always kept fit. Gone. Oh. Another sad stray. In the pale orange promise of the city sunrise slumped the skeleton of an abandoned child. Stripped to the bones overnight, cartoon piranha style, it waits without wheels, chained between two bicep-thick rails, a loveless, sudden end for yesterday's glowing pride. What once flew with angels on the ceiling of the independent bicycle store now rusts with hospital-strength beer cans in urban purgatory. No police force budgets stretch here. Finally, after weeks of sad passing glances, the council reapers come, the bolt-cutter removal of the bike lock, a last arm around a brittle metal shoulder.